Time for the WJR Sportsbook? You bet. Sponsored by Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Now here are your hosts, Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds. All right, let's go. How you doing? What is up? You all right? I'm good. Welcome into the WJR Sportsbook. I am Steve Courtney. And you must be? Jamie Edmonds here. Process elimination. Uh, We begin with big, big news. Uh, You heard Mr. Announcer Man uh, kick things off uh, with a very nice announcement. We are now being presented by our friends and the fine folks at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. This is so exciting. Obviously, the in-studio audience, very excited about that Pat news. Pat Towson here, yeah. Yeah, yeah, standing room only. <laughs> um, but it's very exciting. Uh, I've had the great fortune of working uh, with Soaring Eagle uh, in the past on some uh, Super Bowl shows that we did. And they're very, very professional, very kind. Uh, but based on my last few visits, they should have a wing up there named after me. <laughs> you donated a lot? A little bit. Yeah. Uh, but we are very excited to have them aboard as the presenting sponsor for this here sports book. Very exciting. I can't wait to go up there and try things out. Yeah. Yeah. We uh, may, and I don't know how you're going to feel about this, we may have to golf. Look, if sacrifices have to be made, I am willing to make them. So happy that you're on board with that. Uh, All right, here we go. Obviously, uh, we are at that time of the year. Uh, Both Michigan State and Michigan wrapped up their Big Ten schedules yesterday. We begin with the tilt you heard right here on WJR. That is uh, Magnum T.I. and the Spartans desperately needing a win to feel good about something. They were riding a two-game losing streak, and they get the job done, knocking off the visiting Terrapins of Maryland, 77-67, and it was a game of runs. <laughs> it came. They came out really hot. I don't know what Izzo said to them pregame, but 14-0 run to start was a pretty good start. Yeah, and then you're up by 20 at the half, and things are really going your way. As a matter of fact, talking to... Tom, this morning, you couldn't have scripted a better first half for a team that really did need it. Uh, I thought they were on point offensively and maybe more importantly, defensively, because uh, Maryland really didn't have many good looks at all. I think they missed their first 13 or 14 shots. Yeah, and defensively, I thought the Spartans looked really great. I thought Malik Hall, 17 points off the bench, was good. Plus the seniors having a great night on senior night. Kudos. Yeah, very emotional, uh, Tom Izzo, as a matter of fact. But uh, that's just the way he is. Uh, You spend so much time um, with these athletes, and you blink, and next thing you know, they're gone. Uh, Marcus Bingham Jr., Gabe Brown, the co-captain, Joey Hauser, Michael Peterson, all participating in the tradition of kissing the Spartan logo at midcourt. It's awesome. That's special. I think that's special. I did not go to school there, but just working here in the state for as long as I have, I think that's special. Well, and, you know, while we're talking about it, uh, again, a team that really needed a victory, Maryland outscores the Spartans 32-15 in the first 12 and a half minutes of that second half. Next thing you know, that 20-point halftime lead is whittled down to three, and then, boom, next thing you know, Spartans go on a run. Which is what you need in March. Things are going to go wrong, and they have to learn from mistakes, and they did, and they came back. Yeah, Gabe Brown uh, just talked about him uh, participating in the tradition. Uh, he went on a personal 7-0 run, 
and it came Took in a great it time. on his back. Yeah, and Malik Hall, uh, some very, very athletic uh, baskets, too. So uh, we'll see uh, what this means for the Spartans as they now get ready for the Big Ten tournament. As a matter of fact, Spartans, a number seven seed, as fate would have it. They'll open up with number 10, Maryland, 630 on Thursday night. We'll have that for you here. It's hard to beat a team three times in a season. That we know. It is. And, you know, nobody knows that more than Magnum T.I. Tom saying this morning, it's tough, you know, and, and, and that's just the draw of the Big Ten tourney. Um, and both, well, yesterday's score, really not indicative, perhaps, of how close that second half was. Uh, but in the first meeting in Maryland, it was Malik Hall uh, who got the uh, game winner very, very late. So uh, it's going to be a uh, it's going to be a tilt. So uh, hopefully uh, the Spartans take something good out of that win yesterday. I think they will. And if you give Tom Izzo all this time to prepare, it's March. He's got it. Uh, from your lips to God's ears. Uh, just keep an eye on that Fats Russell. He finishes great with 16 name. point. Yeah, a great name and a great player. Sounds like a jazz singer. <laughs> yeah, Fats Russell. Uh, but the thing is, he's like that mosquito at a summer barbecue that's everywhere and will not go away. Mm-hmm. That's how the dude plays the game. And so, Eric Ayala was pretty good too, a 19. Yeah, dropping threes like nobody's business. NBA threes from time to time. Uh, Again, it'll be the Spartans and Terrapins, 630, uh, there in that beautiful venue in Indianapolis. Wait, Uh, and 663 for Tom Izzo. Yes. Surpassing Bob Knight. It took him a little bit, but he did it. The legendary Bob Knight. Uh, Knight remains, by the way. The leader in conference wins with 353 to uh, Magnum T.I., who is now second, 322. Uh, But another milestone uh, for Tom, who will basically tell you, well, you know what? You hang out somewhere long enough and things like this happen. Yeah, whatever his sayings are, blind squirrel, eventually, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) This is a big deal. He was there a long time. And, you know, better than Coach K, they won the game. And so he was able to celebrate Coach K. I felt bad. For, you did? I, I, I did. Okay. You know, I... <laughs> I didn't. Me neither. I thought the tears in the stands were so dramatic. <laughs> like a bunch of 19-year-old right. girls. What are you crying about? <laughs> I get the understanding that I am just surrounded by a couple of cold-blooded people. Well, okay. Coach K hater, yes. I'll put my hand up, 100%. Why do yes. you hate the guy, Oh, Blake? I don't hate him. Oh, I, he, I don't like anyone that's that good. <laughs> that's that's just me being honest now, with you guys and everyone else. That's crazy logic, man. I yeah. hate Alabama. I hate Duke. Okay. I hate the Patriots. I have a great memory of 2019, though, when Kenny Goins hit that shot against Duke in Washington, oh, D.C. Yeah. So the last time they met up, I think that was the last time. Magnum T.I., as you said, got the best of them. Yeah. yeah that well, was the Zion team. That was so fun. But I, I just felt bad because, you know, he, he he's a legend. There's no sure. doubt about it. Maybe sometimes in sport that term is thrown around willy-nilly. But when you're talking about Mike Krzyzewski, he's had a lot of success. So you can't take it away from him. I agree. I just thought it was so dramatic. When they played the video, I was like, it looks like his funeral. Narrated uh, by him. Right. right. (laughs) It was weird. The whole thing was weird. I think, you know, and and after 
that final home tilt for him, then it comes out that the former Duke standout Tommy Amaker, who was at Michigan, at Harvard, uh, I think the president of Duke wanted Tommy Amaker to succeed Coach K. And apparently Mike Krzyzewski had other plans. Yeah, he came out and said, "I we have succession plans. And it's going to be one of his assistants right now. So I guess Tommy Amaker is on the outside looking in as it stands. And then there was a report that Shashevsky, even after retirement, would like to have control of the program. What? No. Yes. Okay, you can't. I have... read this story five times. You cannot have this whole ceremony and then still have control. The entire thing, he's been like, the whole year when he announced he was retiring, what, last August then or whatever? Then he had this tour around and the country. And then the tour. Yep. It, but it's not about him. <laughs> but it's definitely all about him. But it's not about him. Well, yeah, but how many times have we seen the Lazy Boy Tour executed to perfection? I mean, it, it doesn't it, make it, it okay. Blake, no. you just don't like the guy no. because he's had say, so much success. Being there, how long? 42 years, something like yeah. that. You may not see that again. I mean, those guys, the seniors on that team didn't even get a senior night. Bro, that's a good point. <laughs> like, because of Coach K. There was no kissing of a logo there. No, no. no there was not a. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, the Michigan basketball Wolverines, uh, they finished with a stunner. They go into Columbus and knock off number 23, Ohio State, 75-69. Devontae Jones, 21 points in that win. Phil Martelli. Little round Good of applause. run, Phil. Way to go. He goes 3-2 and two while in for the suspended Juwan Howard. And uh, they get the win. And maybe the most impressive part about this story uh, Wolverines get the win without their seven foot one inch center, Hunter Dickinson. He had a little bit of a stomach bug, I guess. U of M trailed by as many as nine points in the first half, seven at the half. Fantastic win. On the road, number 23 Ohio State without Hunter Dickinson and Caleb Houston shooting 0 for 10. They still found ways to win. Diabate. He shows up for work, though. 14 points, 7 of 11 from the field to go along with 7 boards, 1 block, 1 steal, partridge in a pear tree. Uh, Eli Brooks with 14 points as well. I just think Phil Martelli is a good coach. He did such a good job in those last five games. They beat three tournament teams, if you count Rutgers. Well, now the question is, um, what does the suspension do to Jawan Howard's coaching style, if anything. He's missed five games. I'm sure he's had a long time to think about what went wrong in that Wisconsin tilt. Um, I think he just comes back the same Jawan Howard that his players know and appreciate. I don't think he changes anything. I agree. And I think he watched all these films, all these games. And, you know, he might change something here or there, but he's not going to change his whole style. Well, we do know this. Uh, Michigan will be uh, the eighth seed in the Big Ten tournament. They will have number nine, number nine, Indiana. (laughs) What a crazy start time. 11.30 in the morning Thursday. I like it. (laughs) Yeah, but you're only thinking that from a mimosa standpoint. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm thinking from a professional standpoint. Get this game done. We know what happens. Well, you've got Indiana going in 18 and 12, 9 and 11 in conference play. Michigan finishes 17 and 13, 11 and 9 in conference play. Um, 
I really haven't heard any scuttlebutt uh, from those that excel in bracketology. Uh, does Michigan need a win or two in this tournament to get to the NCAA? Here's what I read from experts that they're in right now because they did such a good job down the stretch and they beat number 23 Ohio State, but they're in the first four. If they don't want to be in the first four, they have to win a couple games in this tournament. All right. Well, way to go, Phil Martelli. (laughs) There's got to be a little something-something extra for him. Uh, Again, it'll be Indiana, Michigan, 1130 in the morning uh, there in beautiful Indianapolis on Thursday. Women's Big Ten tourney. Kind of a shock along the way. Number 12, Iowa, upends number 14, Indiana, in yesterday's final, 74-67. This also at Gamebridge Fieldhouse in Indy. MSU lost to Ohio State Friday in the quarterfinals. Michigan, meanwhile, stunned by Nebraska, 76-73, also in Friday's quarterfinal. Yeah, that was a bummer for Michigan. They've had such a historic season, as we said. They didn't get to play a game. They could have been a higher seed. Might have done a little better in the tournament. All right, we will go to our various and sundry file. Uh, That'll be moments away as we continue with the WJR Sportsbook. Welcome back to more of the WJR Sportsbook, sponsored by Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Once again, here are Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds. Yes, once again, thank you very much to our friends at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort for their support of this here radio program known as the Sportsbook. Steve and Jamie here with you all. And uh, in progress, as we speak, the Pistons hosting the Atlanta Hawks at LCA. And let the records indicate, the Pistons up right now, 15-14, 6.38 left in the first quarter of play. By the way, the Pistons, they go into this tilt having won two straight and five of their last seven. Yes. I talked about this on Sports Final Audition. They are gelling. These young guys are figuring it out. Sadiq Bey, you know, averaging 20 points per game over that stretch. Cade Cunningham's been good. Yeah, Sadiq has uh, been making some very, very nice contributions. And you know who I'm happy for is Dwayne Casey. Me too. I just respect the hell out of that guy. And, uh, you know, he knew maybe going into this year, Cade Cunningham, the whole nine yards, it was going to be a learning process. Well, apparently, they've been going to school because they've been improving. Yeah, and when you lose by a lot or a little, you're learning. And he's been saying that, that look for growth, look for growth. And I think we're seeing it in these past seven games. Meanwhile, your Detroit Red Wings, oh boy, uh, there's some issues. Uh, <laughs> they will play host to the Arizona Coyotes, 7.30 tomorrow night. Wings, they have lost two straight and for their last five. But you know how you can remedy that? Play the last place Arizona Coyotes. You talk about maybe uh, a dysfunctional, with a capital D, franchise. Are they staying? Are they going? Are they broke? Uh, do they have? Do they even have a Zamboni? I don't even know. <laughs> Does anyone in Arizona watch hockey? You know, years ago, um, when we had the rights to the Red Wings, me and Dan Dickerson uh, went down to uh, Arizona for the playoff run. And that's back when the Coyotes had a little something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, if you if you wanted any news... Seats available? Of, of, of plenty. And if you wanted any news about the NHL postseason, including their own Coyotes, it was like on the back page, one paragraph of the sports section. It's too nice out there, weather-wise. 
too much going on. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, the Red Wings, not all that long ago, James, were really in wild card conversation. That probably is no longer the case. Boston securing the uh, number one wild card spot with 72 points. Washington, Alex Ovechkin and company up next with 69. Then on the outside looking in, Columbus has leapfrogged the Red Wings. Columbus with 59 points and the Red Wings with 54. A lot of work to do. Yeah, it used to be six points out. Now it's double digits out. Um, the good news is Jacob Ferrana is supposed to come back on Tuesday. And he's supposed to be this boost. He had a point per game in 11 appearances last year. So they think he's going to be really good. And then uh, one of the great disappearing acts uh, of recent history, wearing the winged wheel, Danny DeKaiser. Okay. Happy birthday, Danny DeKaiser. <laughs> it's your birthday today, and they put you on waivers. Um, obviously, the Red Wings taking a page out of the Don Muehlbach Lions playbook. Right. Except he's not 40. Get rid of the guy on his birthday type thing. Um, will he be back? I'm not writing it off. He could be. He could clear waivers. But they need room for Jacob Verana. Right, so. right, right. All right. Well, we'll keep you posted on that. Uh, quickly, uh, before the break, uh, let's talk about Major League Baseball, shall we? Okay. The uh, MLB Players Association gave a written collective bargaining agreement proposal to Major League Baseball yesterday. It included a $5 million reduction to the union's last offer in a pre-arbitration bonus pool, but it did not include any changes to its competitive balance tax proposal. This according to sources familiar with that situation. Uh, the meeting in New York lasted 95 minutes, with the union suggesting afterward that the two sides meet again today. I don't think that happened. Didn't the league, weren't they angry after the proposal yesterday and they said something like accusing the players of backtracking and not wanting to get a deal? Yeah, you know what? It, 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 we're at the point right now where the finger pointing is well underway. Yes. And I wish they would uh, take less time pointing fingers and, you know, come to some sort of resolution. Uh, because there is a thought here, talking to some folks uh, on the inside, that the owners... They really don't care about April because Clearly not. it's cold and mostly blah, blah, blah. Nobody goes, blah, blah, blah. Now, will they really start to feel the heat? Uh, Literally and figuratively with yeah, summer. Once yeah. we get to May or we knock on May's door, then is there going to be a little bit of urgency? I think so. And I think when people start to get really apathetic for this whole thing, then, then they'll get themselves kicked into gear. Well, if you talk to, uh, listen, I know some diehard baseball fans, season ticket holders for your Detroit Tigers, the whole nine yards. And they're beside themselves right now. This yeah. is the ninth work stoppage in Major League Baseball history, the fifth time it has affected games. And um, people will find something else to do. Right. There's plenty of other things going on right now. Well, I don't know what the deal is. Uh, and. I was optimistic. Well, I've kind of gone in waves. Uh, back when the lockout began last December, I had heard that the owners were going to dig in. And then you hear there's dialogue, and anytime there's dialogue, there's hope. And I became, because I'm an idiot, a little optimistic. Mm -hmm. I believe the tweets, too. There was a weekend where everyone was saying, it's getting close, it's getting close. Right. And, and, and I just don't see it at this point being any closer than uh, what it was when this thing started. Not if statements yesterday were accusatory against the other side. 
you know, first of all, both sides have to understand. Name-calling is the last resort of a simple mind. Huh? <laughs> right. Huh? Yes. Maybe uh, if you use that rule and maybe have a little bit of appreciation and respect. Well, they're losing the fans. Fans are upset. They don't like this. Well, you know what? I think it's important to note, and again, this whole pay thing is complicated. But one of the biggest reasons that the players, and by the way, their revenue has gone down the last four years. Um, and you, you can't be screaming at your radio right now, but they're making millions and millions and millions of dollars. Yes, some are. Not the low level. Guys. Right. The minor leaguers are working in squalor, honestly. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that the uh, big the players association wants to fix. Uh, and while we have time, let's touch on this quickly. Um, MLB Major League Baseball wants to institute a 14-second pitch clock with the bases empty and a 19-second timer with runners on. This, according to sources familiar with the situation. You hate this. I just don't understand it. They're trying to speed up the game. All right. I've got that information here. Uh, The desire for a clock comes after years of increasing game times, culminating last season when the average length of a nine-inning game was a record three hours, ten minutes. That's 20 minutes longer than just a decade ago with the average length of two hours and 50 minutes. Now, this little experiment here with the 14-19 second deal, uh, it was experimented with in low a West ball last year, and those ball games went from three hours and two minutes to two hours and forty-one minutes. Now, that what does that do? That sounds good to me. But what does that do for you? You're happy with that? Yes. I think the game does drag a little bit. It's a little long. Well, but isn't that the beautiful essence of baseball? That there is no clock. You go there. It's a beautiful summer day. You're having a nice cup of beer, $17 worth whatever. <laughs> right. I know. mean, yeah, if you're a purist, which I think I hear that from you. I am. And just you're there to watch the ball game. Now you're going to put this on a clock. You're going to put that on a clock. And, you're going to you have know, robot what, no. umpires. Game's changing. Yeah. Get on board. Where's the uh, thing here? I thought I saw. All right. In the past 50 years. The past 50 years, the average length of a game has increased by 45 minutes, but 10 of those minutes have come since just 2017. So Not in- something's different. Something's changing. Well, you know, there's uh, managers going out and, you know, the catcher's going out and, you know, everything else. But I've never had a problem with it. What do I care if I go to a ball game? And it's two hours and 50 minutes as opposed to three hours and 10 minutes. Me? If it's three hours and 10 minutes, I just got more bang for my buck. Okay. Well, I just, I can see it. Like, I could see the game being a little too long. But you know what's not long at all? Being locked out. Well, there you go. <laughs> I don't know if we'll ever see the uh, the new pitch clock. Right. Based on uh, what we know right now, for crying out loud. I think they come to a, do you think they play this year? Oh, I think they play. Yeah. Um, but uh, I haven't gotten. I'm not that much of an alarmist. Where I, where I, no, they're done. The whole season's screwed. No, they're not playing. Uh, I think they're going to eventually get to a point where they're going to look at each other in the room and say, "Look, we got to get something done here," because not playing does 
everybody, everybody involved, absolutely no good. Right. But please, um, if you're the owners uh, and Major League Baseball in general, save the stationery and don't write the letters to fans saying how sorry you are. Right. People don't want to hear it. Not at all. Not at all. And I think it has uh, just the opposite effect. Agreed. So hopefully uh, they can get this thing uh, knocked out soon. Uh, All right, stick around. Steve, Jamie, sticking with you. We come back. uh, A little story involving Atlanta Falcon wide receiver Calvin Ridley. Is the NFL being hypocritical? We'll explain coming up on WJR. Welcome back to more of the WJR Sportsbook, sponsored by Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Once again, here are Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds. All right, certainly a story making its way around sports circles. Atlanta Falcons receiver Calvin Ridley has been suspended for at least, at least the 2022 season. Why? After gambling on games in 2021, the NFL released a statement today announcing his suspension, saying he gambled on games over a five-day stretch back in November of 2021 when he was on the non-football injury list to address his mental health. Okay, so he was away from his team. Yes. In a different state. Yes. Where gambling's legal. Yes. And he used an app. Yes. Silly. Well, you know, here's the thing. And this is where I think the NFL is being rather hypocritical. We know for the longest time, uh, because over a period of years, I've had the opportunity, as have you, James, to go in NFL locker rooms. Mm -hmm. And uh, even quite recently, one of the signs of many, no gambling. Okay. But here's where I think the NFL is really going to have to take a look at itself from a hypocritical standpoint. We know, and again, we appreciate Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort for uh, presenting this particular show. Um, But sports gambling is on fire. Very easy to do. Not only here in Michigan, but around the nation. It is on fire. When Calvin Ridley placed the bets back in November in Florida, where betting is legal on abs and whatnot, um, he was not a part of the team. He was addressing his mental health. The National Football League has now got lots of of betting partners and they're making money off of that Mm -hmm. but the rules are players and anyone connected to the nfl cannot gamble well part of the problem you you and i were discussing this before going on there is evidence and i'll say this first the nfl found there was no inside information used and no games were compromised that being said uh he did bet on the atlanta falcons he bet them to win. And I was listening to, I think, Dan Orlovsky on ESPN saying it would be a whole different story if he bet them to lose. Because then you would think he has insider information, right. injury reports that people don't have. He was saying it's less bad <laughs> that he bet them to win because he's just saying, hey, I like my team. I'm going to make an analogy here and see if you concur. Marijuana now is legal mm-hmm. here in Michigan and other states in this great nation. By saying that, 
if you're serving a prison sentence for, for marijuana possession, mm-hmm. is that crazy? Yes, I feel like this is a completely different topic, but okay. But yeah. follow me, okay? And to take it a step further, Pete Rose, the all-time hits leader in Major League Baseball, right. not in the Hall of Fame because of gambling. Right. Gambling is legal now. No, but, take okay. it. Sports gambling is legal now. But you can't have the players gambling. You can't have the integrity of the game changed. How are you going to stop it? Well, clearly they know when the, these guys go on their phones. All right. Now, I'm just playing devil's advocate here because I can get this phone, come up with some sort of... Uh, hidden deal, and if I'm a National Football League player or I'm a professional athlete with any of the four majors, what have you, a professional athlete, period, you can find a way to bet on games. I guarantee you. Through a proxy, you you could, too. Through somebody else. Sure. So, I mean, you know, and this was part of the thing when sports gambling, when it was first on the radar a couple, two, three years ago. You could see this happening. Well, what is the trickle-down effect going to be? Right. Are we seeing that trickle-down effect right now? Yes, and I think the, the, the way that the NFL punished him for an entire season when he only bet 1500 bucks in 1500. a couple days, yeah. it's like they're trying to send a message. Okay, go ahead and send your message. Then at the same time, rescind all the money you're making off sports gambling. I see what you're saying. Because that's hypocritical. Here's my question. What about Stephen Ross and the allegations against him in terms of paying for losses? You got to punish if, well, you have to at least investigate. Well, you know what? The the NFL's response would be, well, Mr. Ross was not gambling. Yes, he was. He was going to pay someone to to purposely lose lose. But that is fact. That's not gambling. I'm going to give you money to lose games. There's no gamble there. You're going to make money. Uh, But but, if if the integrity of the game is the issue, then both sides of this, what we're talking about, damage that. That is something that we hear all the time. doesn't matter if it's football or baseball or whatnot. And we're hearing it a lot now uh, with the lockout in baseball. The integrity of the game. Yes. So, has the NFL lost, and I'm just thinking out loud, has the NFL lost some of their integrity as it relates to the Calvin Ridley story by accepting millions of dollars? Oh, and by the way, you have a franchise in Las Vegas. Right. In Las Vegas. I see what you're saying. But if the very players that affect the ending of the game are gambling, you have a problem. Mm. Well, you know, again, and if it was Orlovsky that said it, I agree with him, that it would have been a lot more heinous if there was evidence that he bet against the Falcons. Right. And again, he wasn't part of the team. He was taking a sabbatical for his mental health. He had nothing to do with an outcome one way or the other. Right. Made a dumb, dumb decision because he bet $1,500 and lost $11.1 million of his base salary. So that's a bad bet. That's horrible. Yeah. Now, he should think of uh, and come up with another hobby. Yeah. 
because <laughs> that's not very good. No. The Blake, what do you think? Yeah. Well, doesn't it kind of make it worse, though, that he was away from the team because of mental health? I feel like that's kind of being, like, shoved under the rug. So, like, he was away from football to focus on his mental health, but then he's betting on football. Like, it, I feel like that is a really, really bad look, too. Well, you know, I hope that, you know, this is not going to be a trend. I, 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 right, I hope. Um, but that being said, I don't know. But I do think it is extremely hypocritical. Do you follow what I'm saying? Yeah. Of the NFL. First of all, I don't think what he did warrants being suspended for an entire right. National Football League season. I just don't. I agree with you. But they're trying to make an example here. And Don't try a, it. It's a slippery slope because right. if you let a guy get away with, oh, he, it was a $1,500 parlay, whatever, but then it can snowball mm-hmm. and get worse. But, I mean, there's players that are partnered with sports gambling, like or former players, Drew Brees, stuff like that. Well, it's everywhere. MSU, I mean. It is so everywhere right now. <laughs> yeah. Us. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but, you know, if the NFL is going to sit in the ivory tower and they're going to say, no gambling, no gambling, no gambling, no gambling. And I understand it's for their players. I get that. Right. Then don't take money from gambling. Mm-hmm. So now what kind of an example are you setting right. for your players in the league? Look, the shield is hypocritical a lot of the times. So oh, there's no doubt about it. Here's another example. Well, and, and listen, there have been NFL players that have done far worse, in my opinion. Violent Domestic acts. violence. Things yeah. of this nature. Right. Um, that don't get a, a full year suspension. Right. And then at the end of the 2022 season, he can petition to get back into the league. Right. For doing something that is legal. Right. And the NFL is making money off of. Right. I see what you're saying. I don't know, man. Well, we'll see uh, how it goes for the uh, talented wide receiver out of Alabama. Sorry, Blake, I know how you feel about Alabama. I didn't right. Mean to, He's not a fan. Not a fan. There. <laughs> All right, stick around. Uh, we've got a question for you when we come back to the WJR Sportsbook. Welcome back to more of the WJR Sportsbook, sponsored by Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Once again, here are Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds. Start this last segment of the WJR Sportsbook with some golf headlines. Congratulations, Scotty Scheffler. He uh, survives the Arnold Palmer Invitational in beautiful Orlando at uh, beautiful Bay Hill. Just gnarly conditions. Tough conditions, yeah. Good Lord. They said the greens were rolling at a 14. A 14! I mean... I, I don't know how they did it, but you could see that leaderboard changing because the conditions were crazy. And it wasn't like minus 21 scores. It was like minus six. No, I mean, the uh, the number of players who uh, were even or under par, minimal. I saw two guys three putt. You never see that on tour. No, no. It was, uh, it was fun to watch, though. Yes. Because you're sitting there in the lazy boy saying, hey, these guys are like me. Do you want to hear my idea, which I think would be so fun? Yes! A golf tournament 
where there are regular people golfing, like you and me are golfing, and then the announcers have to announce what they're seeing. You know what I'm saying? Shanks, swing and a miss. I think that would would be... Wouldn't that be funny? I'd like to watch it. I think it would be funny. The regular man's open or something. And they got to call it. Yeah. I mean, it would be comical. I think it would be so funny. I mean, maybe... Once a year, <laughs> just a bunch of schlubs, right? Hanging around, not fancy people with great handicaps like the thing in Tahoe. Not that. I'm saying regular people. Regular people. Twenties handicaps. Uh, chances are better than not. One of the uh, TV mics would hear me say, "Here, hold my beer." <laughs> right. That well, kind of maybe thing. Maybe some older ladies can be involved as well. Well, that Slow would be something. Slow play. Okay. Uh, Ryan Brem, the former Michigan State standout. You talk about pressure, and boy, did he come through. Yeah. I mean, this guy, ranked 773rd in the world, had to win or get second solo to keep his career going. To keep his card. Yeah. Uh, And he goes out and he wins the Puerto Rico Open. By six strokes. How about that? Yeah, with his wife on the back. Love it. And that's a great story in and of itself. But, you know, when you go into that championship Sunday, knowing what you know, I have to win or finish second at worst. And for him to be able to, you know, stay with the quality of play that he had to that point is unbelievable. That's some mental fortitude. Like, I get nervous when the group behind me is watching. Like, knowing you have to for your career. And he played uh, bogey-free round. Good for him. So now he will be at the players Michigan State. Grad, right? Yeah. Or former Spartan. I'm yeah, not sure if he graduated. Yeah, former Spartan standout. Yeah. And he won Big Ten titles. He's from Michigan. I'm happy for him. We're between he and James Pyatt. Let's Michigan go. Michigan State, quite the golf school. Thank yeah. you very much. That's right. Uh, way to go, Casey Lubon. All right. Now, uh, before we go, and we've only got a couple of minutes left here, is this your favorite time of the year in sport? Yes. You've got the Big Ten tournament, NCAA tournament. You've got uh, NHL, NBA playoffs on the horizon. Should have baseball kicking up to warm things up. Uh, It is an awesome time of year. Full disclosure, I think the Stanley Cup playoffs are my absolute favorite. So if they're involved, now they have a leg up because they're involved. Then you got March Madness. Oh, yeah. Then you have the NBA playoffs. And you're supposed to have some baseball. Supposed to. Name a better time of year. Killjoys. Well, the other option, and it's an extraordinary time of year, and I know we'll get Blake's attention. uh, When you get to mid-August and you've got college and National Football League action on the horizon, Mm -hmm. uh, that's pretty good. I'm not saying that's bad. I, I have one. I think that the best one is Thanksgiving. That time frame, you got the end of the college football season. Rivalry week in college football. You got NFL games going on. You got the Lions playing on Thanksgiving. I don't. Well, I yeah. don't care about that. The but. Lions playing on Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But and a nice meal and <laughs> yes. and uh, hockey sad. and basketball start right around that time as well. Well, I just threw Pretty it out too. Uh, and uh, those of you at home. Uh, Talk amongst yourselves. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we are out of time for this uh, edition. Uh, Jane, next we'll be in the new uh, new, new studio. Thank you, Soaring Eagle Casino. Shout out. Hey! <laughs> Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort, thank you so much. Thanks for listening to WJR.